Welcome to episode 17 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. Today, I'm joined by my friend and co-owner, Katie Chastain, and we'll be chatting about shopping local, the future of retail, and what we're reading right now. Hey, Katie. Hey, Annie. Can I just tell you how excited I am about this podcast? These are all the things I love to talk about. Yeah, this is a fun topic, and I thought you would enjoy chatting about this today. Absolutely. Um, So let's talk about shopping local. We live in a town that is pretty devoted to local shopping and local eating. Um, Tell me about shopping local in Thomasville specifically. Okay. Um, Well, one, I think our downtown pretty much covers, I like to think of it like all of your basic goods. Yeah. So the one that is missing a little bit is our grocery. Grocery. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to knock Carby's, which is only four blocks from me, and I do walk there some, but it's not your small local grocer. Carby's is only four blocks from you? That might be a stretch. It might be I was six. about to say, it's longer, I thought. Well, maybe six or eight. Regardless, <laughs> if anybody is listening, I would love a grocery store downtown. I've been advocating for one for like a year and a half since yeah. we moved here. <laughs> I, I think that's the biggie. I mean, Annie texted me at 9 o'clock last night just almost in tears because she I couldn't did. find a dessert that she could buy downtown. We specifically, so here in beautiful Thomasville, Georgia, we had the most beautiful spring day yesterday. Yep. And I was able to go home at 5.30 and I read on my front porch and I cooked dinner for the first time in I couldn't tell you when and then Jordan and I looked at each other at about eight o'clock and we said let's walk downtown to grassroots which is our local coffee shop and so we walked down we were so proud of ourselves for like doing all these things and we walked to grassroots and they were closed for cleaning at eight o'clock but they also do sometimes close a little early I think just if traffic is slow kind of thing but we walked around and we teased no, please do not take offense if you're a Thomasvillian, but we teased that the tagline for downtown Thomasville could be where your grandma shops and eats. Because it's the hours. Uh, it makes sense based on the typical clientele in Thomasville. And yeah. some of the restaurants are open later, but they're the more high-end. We were in our walking, you know, our right. jogging clothes and... I don't know, wanted a cookie. Which is why one of my goals in life is to recruit more people who go to bed around 10 o'clock <laughs> to live downtown. We would have stores that stay open. It's I true. Think. I think if the need, if there were a need for it. And even, yeah. so we wound up driving to Dunkin' Donuts. I'm embarrassed. Uh, yeah, you should be. I am. And then, so we d- went to Dunkin' Donuts, which is a totally different experience. But interestingly, we are fairly regular patrons of Dunkin' Donuts. And weekly, like weeknights, they're open till 10, but that, they've now changed that to 9. Oh. So I think people just yeah. don't get out. And it's not like we are night owls, but I was desperate last night when I texted you. I was like, where can I get a cookie in this town at 8 o'clock? I don't know. And I told her Harvey's, but I guess <laughs> she didn't take that seriously. should have walked to Harvey's. <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, but, okay, so grocery store. So other than a grocery store, I mean, you've got your drugs downtown. Yep. You've got your clothes downtown. Um, you've got your hair stylist yeah. downtown, um, your exercise place. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about. Have you seen? I've seen the new Live Young. Thomasville. Yeah, we'll link to their Facebook page. They look like they've got some cool stuff going on. Yeah, at bar classes, yeah. yoga. Hopefully, they, you know, they used to be. In um, Meta. At Meta? Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've heard they do a great job. Hopefully, maybe now that they're on Jackson, they could be a little more affordable. Yeah, and they've got such big space. I'm, I'm secretly hoping that, too. So, yeah. fingers crossed. Because that would be really fun to walk to. I don't typically exercise except walking, so it would be nice to add. I'm there, too. So. <laughs> Something to the regimen. Um, maybe a yoga class would be good. Um, 
Yeah, and you've got the coffee shop, and you've got tons of restaurants, and wine, and bookstores. You've got a bookstore. So, yeah, our downtown is pretty great. Yeah. We're pretty spoiled, really. Right. And, you know, people, the main complaint I hear about shopping local is that it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. And I agree, it's more expensive. The cool thing about that is I feel like it requires some discipline. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I appreciate is that you don't end up with as much stuff. No. Um, but you, and you have to save it. So I feel like you, for it, and you, then you enjoy it more. Yeah. Um, well, even last night, I would have eaten one cookie instead of three donuts. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, it's a small thing, but the reality is I didn't really want three donuts. You really ate three donuts? I ate two, and one is waiting for me at home. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I don't deny it, but I would like to know. Like, I would like to be able to come downtown. It's true. It prevents excessive shopping I yeah think. and similarly so there's I need a new jacket a new raincoat and I've been I've had my eye on this one at Kevin's yeah that is probably three times as much as I'd like to pay for a raincoat yeah um but we're <laughs> recording in the store this morning <laughs> some anxious book buyers calling yes. in that's wonderful but anyway I could buy the same jacket online for sixty dollars yeah but but I really think you know, I need to pay the price to keep that store downtown. And so, right. and that's, that's what you have to think me. about. Mm-hmm. So the reason we even talked about doing this topic to begin with is I just finished the book, The Localist by Carrie Rollwagon. She is an author from Birmingham, Alabama, and she self-published this beautiful little paperback book about her years spent shopping locally. And she gave herself a couple of cheat um, days or times that she could use. So I think she wound up um, one of her not so great local experiences was at the local movie theater so she wound up I think a couple of her splurges were spent going to the quote-unquote name brand movie Uh theater Um, but otherwise she devoted a year to shopping locally and she said it's more expensive there's no denying it there's no arguing about it but so many of those proceeds go back into your community and you're paying to keep local employees in your area Um, and you know you're paying many times for more locally made goods mm-hmm. um, or USA made goods, which the fact is those are just more expensive. Yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoyed reading her perspective. It came over, it came across as interesting and convicting without being preachy. Oh, good. Uh, um, so I really appreciated her efforts. She's also, she was the, I think she is still a, a partner of some kind, but she was the owner of an independent bookstore in Birmingham. So I feel like she's one of us. <laughs> she gets it. Yeah, she gets it. And you can yeah. tell in how she writes. Um, but it did remind me that I've got a lot locally here at my fingertips. And mm-hmm. um, some things she mentioned, you know, you can shop locally for your office supplies. And we have a local office supply store. And um, I love our local office supply store. You go to Ponders? I yeah. love Ponders. Yeah. They're really and actually, nice. they are a lot of times cheaper than Office Depot, which has been really surprising for me. And they'll order for you. And it'll get there a day. A day. It doesn't take long at all, which is what I, just a plug for the bookshelf, that's what I tell people too. Um, It takes us two days to get a book in. Uh Um, And I think it actually takes Barnes & Noble a full week now. Right. Um, But aside from that, one thing shopping local, so you mentioned that it prevents you from shopping in excess. I think it prevents us from too high of expectations, meaning we live in this instant world where we don't have to wait for anything. Mm -hmm. And why do you need the book today? And I understand, you know, school projects or whatever, that, you know, no judgment there. But it's interesting to me the immediacy with which we need stuff. Yeah. And why do you need stuff right now? Yeah. And I think it's because we shop online and Amazon will send us our products in 
a box from a drone and now they deliver on Sundays and you don't have to wait. Like, uh, there's no waiting involved. Yeah. The author who wrote Paradox of Choice, I recently read an article by him mm-hmm. um, about things being good enough and mm-hmm. and how that helps to, to look at things as not expecting or wanting the best. Mm-hmm. Um, takes a lot of stress off of us if we just accept that it's good enough and why do yeah. we need it to be we spend so much time agonizing over isn't our choices a, isn't that a greek philosopher didn't they say the great is the enemy of the good oh i, think that they did I haven't heard that. that okay look at me in, in pulling st- out the in store notes you'll have to reference which greek yes. philosopher that yes. is i'm pretty sure i well i just read that in a book a fabulous book i'm reading which we'll talk about later but um yeah, I'm, I will find that quote. It, the great is the enemy of the good. I like it. And one of the other reasons, other than um, the localist author, is coming to Thomasville. Yes, um, so. we are so excited about that. So um, I finished The Localist. It came across, I, I keep um, referencing on this podcast, that I actually find a lot of great book recommendations through Instagram, of all things. Uh-huh. Um, so this book came across my Instagram, I guess, through maybe friends from Birmingham. And... Anyway, so found this book, ordered it for the store, bought myself a copy, finished it in like a day and a half, and felt so incredibly known. (laughs) Have you just ever read a book where you thought, yes, she understands? And so um, sent one to my dad um, and immediately emailed her and wanted to know, hey, can you come to the bookshelf? Um, And she is graciously coming to see us um, in April, I think right before Rose Festival here Perfect. in town. So I think that'll be really fun. She is going to do a signing and a talk. Um, so we'll actually get to hear her speak about her year-long experiment. And maybe she's um, the book is full of real-life economics about why shopping local is better for your community. So I hope she's going to speak to us about that a little bit and maybe tips for, for shopping locally because she would know. So. Yeah. Um, so speaking of real life economics, if you look at my Pulse news feed, it's kind of inundated with articles from Entrepreneur and Inc. Yeah. and Forbes. And I think because we're at the beginning of 2015, or I think we're still sort of at the we're sure, still this is the first quarter. First quarter. <laughs> um, I'm seeing a lot of predictions about this year or future of retail type articles. And so one I ran across in was very brave new world future of retail. Okay. And very much how shopping is going to be part of your everyday life. And it might happen when you're walking down the street and you see a display and, um, I'm going to say in the subway yeah. line, but uh, although, you know, obviously we don't have subways, but <laughs> wherever you're waiting, yeah. um, you see a display and you click and then that uh, item comes right to you. And then, it, you know, and it says even your in-store experience, you go in and your whatever app you have already turned on is telling you where to go in the store and what you want right away. And then you're paying for it yourself. All these kinds of, you know, oh, that's so interesting. So can I interject? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Winter Institute, which is this gathering of independent booksellers, um, I went to a couple months ago already. (laughs) Um, They mentioned, one of the ladies was like, well, we're going to try at our bookstore just our booksellers having squares on their cell phones, Mm -hmm. and then people don't have to wait in line and check out. We can just check them out throughout the store. And, of course, her bookstore is probably bigger than ours, but I thought, what is the big deal? Like, can't people wait in a lot? Like, that was baffling to me. Um, or, you know, so I thought that was just, I don't know, I couldn't believe, okay, so now we're going to meet people. I want, in a bookstore, I want to browse. Yeah. Or somebody posted on their Twitter account the other day that Goodreads, um, which is 
run by Amazon, I did not know. So Goodreads, now you there's a scanner part on your app where you can scan the ISBN of a book uh-huh. in a bookstore, and it'll put it on your Goodreads right. um, app, and then inevitably you'll buy it electronically or through Amazon, and I thought... We are completely missing the point, aren't we? Uh, maybe I'm just holier than thou in my little book. No, summer. no, I totally agree. And it's easy to say, I think, here where we are, where we generally don't have long lines. Right. Um, and we generally don't have throngs of people. No. Which is why I don't go <laughs> to big cities in the right. holidays. Like, right. I stay in Thomasville because right. I don't have to worry about traffic or lines. No, that's um, true. And it takes away from some of the spontaneity and the joy of discovery when an app tells you just what you want and just where it is. Right. And that's, so I just read an article by Southern author Rhonda Rich. Um, she had written an editorial, I think, for her local paper. And she pointed out that the beauty of a local bookstore, and I think this would apply to really any retail space, is you go in and you don't necessarily know exactly what you're looking for, but there is a staff there who will talk to you and walk you through the store, or you can browse on your own. I mean, what, I guess what bothered me about going up to a person with a square and swiping them right where they stood is that means you're not being able to browse or like sit in your little dark corner and find the next great book you want to read. And I love that sense of discovery when I go shopping and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't go shopping very much, but when I do, I kind of like to be left alone to figure things out. Yeah. I don't know. And it's interesting. Cause so in the store recently, you guys did a speed dating with the staff yeah. and where the staff paired people with their, yeah, what they thought would be the right book for them. Super fun. Yeah. And that kind of concept there's an app for it. <laughs> Which makes me sad. Did you read in your articles about another option? I didn't. Well, you know, I think in local bookstores, certainly um, there is room for uber personalization. Right. And I think that is part of um, what we do here. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing I think you have going for you, and I, I'd be interested to hear what you'd say, is... Um, So you see a lot of retailers kind of own the whole supply chain. So Mm -hmm. they produce, they sell. And I think the maker movement is very much a part of that. Yeah. And so, like, I see all these cute signs around the bookstore that I know you and your cousin actually produce. Yeah. Um, And I was wondering um, if that was a direction that you would ever think of going. I think we definitely have talked about going USA made only, maybe Uh first. Um, the difficulty with that, of course, is that it's more expensive. Right. And can you, you know, can consumer, will consumers follow you if uh-huh. you just strictly um, reduce yourself to USA made only? Um, and the other thing here at the bookstore is we're trying to appeal to a wide range of folks. So not mm-hmm. just people who can afford USA made yeah. only stuff. Um, but I do love. You know, we've carried Maggie Willman's beautiful products. Uh Um, She's a local artist in Tallahassee. Right now, we've got a local artist, Katie Gentry, who makes our fun beanbag chairs and our teepees Uh in our kids' section. And those have gotten a great response. Right. And interestingly, so, for example, and I don't think Katie Katie Gentry will mind me telling you this, so her beanbag chairs retail for $50. Uh And they're adorable. They're beautiful. She does a great job. Washable fully lined blah blah um but what's funny is we she and I both weren't sure if they were going to sell that's a you know that's a kind of expensive thing um but when you tell people hey a local artist made this Uh and you explain who Katie is and what she does and what she's passionate about generally 
especially at Christmas or the holidays, here we're coming up on Easter, people are like, oh, that sounds great. Right. Once you explain that there's a story behind that product. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then... And then this is where the internet can be so helpful and technology can be so helpful is once you do produce that product. So if you are writing the book and Mm -hmm. selling the book, Mm -hmm. then you can sell it in your local store, but then also add on some extra cash by selling it, you know, worldwide. Right. um, That's (laughs) great. In my spare time. In your spare time, if you could just write the next great American novel. And I think you could also design a great card line. So um, that would be really fun. Um, And that, well, and that is one thing that, so Ashley Sherlock has done some beautiful paintings for us and they go really well and it's fun to tell people, hey, my cousin made that. Or, uh-huh. I mean, it's just kind of nice and people like that. Right. They, when there's a story there, people like that. Yeah. Um, so let's, can we talk really quickly about independent bookstores and the future of them? So we've talked about retail and um, what that might look like in the future. Um, but everybody I talk to seems to think independent bookstores are dying and when I tell them I took over an independent bookstore they look at me like I'm a crazy person yeah and they've been saying this for 20 years right well what was very funny was at Winter Institute John Green um Mm -hmm. that you know he gave this wonderful talk that was just super inspiring but multiple times he said this is the most pessimistic group of people you've been saying your industry is going to die for years and it's still here (laughs) and interestingly there was just an article in the New York Times that talked about in Britain and in Europe, yes, bookstores are on the decline, but in America, they're up 27% from 2009. Um, Like there are more of them and Uh their profits are pretty good. Um, So I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting because I thought maybe, maybe it's in France. It is. Where they protect um, their independent bookstores. Yes. So actually that's discussed heavily in the article because France has about a 5% increase since 2009. Okay. Um, and it talks about their governmental protections and things like that. Um, but I thought 27% since 2009, that's pretty great. And then most bookstores reported huge sales this past quarter. I mean, you know, not Amazon like sales, but right. But, and I think part of that is that independent bookstores can be so nimble and I think since 2009 that's when you're seeing the decline of the big box bookstores and so that's a great uh, window for independents to move in and be whatever their customers want them to be because so many people did more in the loss of these big book box Mm -hmm. stores even though we hate them right (laughs) right but Um, even I mourned them when borders closed in Tallahassee I was devastated yeah absolutely and so um so yeah, there you go. Independent bookstores can certainly move into that market yeah. and um, be whatever people want them to be. And I think that's a neat, a neat thing that independents have going for them. Um, interestingly, too, I keep saying interestingly, but that's how I find these stories. So there was an article about, and I'll link to it in the show notes, that digital natives like apparently myself as a millennial uh, apparently <laughs> I don't even know what that means <laughs> digital natives we've been using um, I, I thought I don't know if it means younger millennials because it said these, this generation that grew up with the cell phone and the iPad and okay. I did not um, but I guess I did come of age like around the same time as the internet and uh-huh. um, so it, it said that digital natives actually prefer reading quote unquote real books or paper books as opposed to electronically huh. so this idea that people my age only want to read e-books is actually a myth that this hipster millennial generation actually prefers to shop 
for books that you can hold and t- touch and smell. And I thought that was oh, interesting. That, yeah, that all of a sudden makes me like you millennials more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're a likable bunch. If you get to know us, and if you don't just believe all the rumors you read. If we look past your beards. <laughs> and flannel. But anyway, I think you would really like millennials if you just got to know us. Um, okay, I think it's time to talk about what we're reading right now. Woohoo! Uh, what are you reading right now? <laughs> um, so, on my nightstand right now is Heart of Palm by Laura Lee Smith. Oh, she came here. She did. Yeah. And I think I started her book and maybe read most of it when she came, but I'm now finishing it. Okay. Two years later. Hey, that's okay. No um, judgment. So, like that. But I also just finished the book you gave me for Christmas. Oh. Which was what Play. Did I give you? Oh, How good. It Shapes the Brain, Opens the Imagination, and Invigorates the Soul. Well, that sounds delightful. So, I've been playing a lot. Yeah. What <laughs> yeah. have you been doing? Um, well, you know, it's actually, so it's also helped shape my class, which my students have really enjoyed yeah. because I'm trying to incorporate more play yeah. into lessons. So that's fun. But one of the neat things that it talked about was your play history and finding your play history. Oh. So um, it tells you to spend a lot of time kind of ruminating on your childhood. That sounds delightful. I know. You would, you would love <laughs> right up coming my up with your play history. <laughs> And so I started thinking about my play history, and it's all about, I used to play grocery store, I used to play school, um, it's like everything that I, and I used to um, design a lot, uh-huh. you know, like arrange furniture. Yeah. Um, so it's funny the way those things have kind of all become careers. And, and I was about to say part of your adult Yeah, and that's what he was saying, is that your play really does shape what you're going to do. And so I also was thinking about my brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And so Michael only ever played on the computer. He's a computer engineer. TJ played G.I. Joe's. He joined the Army. Michelle always played animals. She's a vet. (laughs) It just works out. That's hilarious. Oh, I kind of love, maybe I need to read this book. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's definitely one of those you can kind of zip through and pick and choose what you want to read. Part of it talked about play and animal in the animal kingdom, and that was a little maybe too biological for me yeah but, um oh interesting the overall gist was really fun oh fantastic oh so glad yeah what about you what are you reading okay so I just I actually have had a wonderful reading month so far and you are gonna be so proud of me I tell Jordan that I think Katie judges what I read and you don't mean no to. I'm always amazed that you read so much <laughs> but but you frequently act surprised when I'm reading a certain kind of book trashy <laughs> no I don't read trashy ever you can go ahead and judge me if I do no I mentioned last month that I read smartest kids in the world and you were shocked well this month I have read ghetto side which <laughs> there you go um, but it was fascinating and sad and I'll give a review later this month but I, I can't wait finish, for that. yeah it was really good but I just finished that one it's on the New York Times bestseller list but the advanced reader copy that I just finished and loved was called Everybody Rise by Stephanie Clifford um, it's going to come out in August um, but it's kind of in the same vein as J. Courtney Sullivan's Maine, Maggie oh, Shipstead uh-huh. yeah, um, Curtis Sittenfeld like it's just right in that same genre and I happen to really love I just love those books right. and um, it was a nice read to read after Ghetto Side because uh-huh. Ghetto Side is non-fiction and it takes place in Los Angeles County and it's kind of about gang violence and relationships with the police and things like that. Really so, light. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was nice to read Everybody Rise. Um, and then I'm reading another advanced reader. I believe it is called In the Woods, but I'll look it up. But it's about an Italian, Italian professor who um, studied Dante mm-hmm. and then his wife died in a car accident very young. And he 
used Dante to guide him through his grief. Oh, wow. And Jordan and I love Dante, and we've Uh been to Florence, and I learned briefly um, the first few pages of Dante in Italian. And so I love reading this. In a future podcast, you (laughs) must read. I still remember parts. I still have it memorized. Um, As when we got back, um, we went with a group of, like, eight people, and we got back to our college campus, and we couldn't remember most of, like, basic Italian, Uh but we had memorized these first few passages of Dante so we would walk around quoting that to ourselves and acting like we were having conversations I know really nerdy humor Um, but it is another rarely do I read advanced reader copies in a row that I really Uh am excited about oh that's Um, don't you hate it then when they come out eight months from now yes and then you have to wait eight months to recommend them. yes because then I feel like I haven't read very much because people will be like what have you just read and I'll be like well something you can't but (laughs) but if you wait till August it'll be worth it um wow get aside that seems so relevant to all the conversations going on about policing right now it's incredibly relevant I think Michael Connolly did a blurb on the back uh um, or on the front of the book that said everybody should read this book yeah and I mean it took me a few days to get through it because it's heavy subject matter a few days <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, that's um, just annoying <laughs> but it was really I do think everybody should read it it's important it's an important book oh good yeah. I uh, so I'm just writing down all of these recommendations can't wait to pick up those okay right. another one that I'm reading right now yeah. because now that Reese our four-year-old is getting to the age where she can sit through books Fine. we are tearing through the American Girl books I'm so proud so <laughs> we have read all of Molly and now we're into Samantha and it would not be a stretch to say that I cry more nights than I don't <laughs> um but it's so it's such a flashback to childhood yeah. and to remember the emotions of childhood yeah it is so fun yeah. to, and you know th- these are the books that like I tell her okay just one chapter tonight and yeah. then we're on our third chapter and I haven't even realized and it's like Reese you forgot to tell me you had to stop <laughs> that's wonderful so it's been really fun to oh, read those oh how fun those are some of my favorite when I when my mom and I which is so how fun for you and Reese but when my mom and I talk about me as a kid uh-huh. um I just I just flew through those American Girl books and she would get so frustrated because she wanted to read them too uh-huh. and I would read ahead or you know and it's fun to talk about those things now and I miss them they've kind of revamped American Girl uh-huh. now and I love those historical Oh, the history is amazing and has led to so many conversations. I mean, we've gotten so into World War II and London and bombings and (laughs) really great stuff to talk about with a four-year-old. Yeah. Nazi Germany. I'm so proud. So, Oh, how fun. Okay, so that, I think, is our episode this week. As usual, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BookshelfTVille. And you can find our show notes on iTunes and at our store website, www.bookshelfTVille shelfthomasville.com. Thanks, Katie. Thanks. Bye.